and then also get into the Word, get some teaching along with that as well. And so that's at 10 o'clock on Wednesdays, but it is also archived then on the Facebook page, but then also Pastor Dean puts it on YouTube later also. Yeah, I'll talk about that later, yeah. But um, then an upcoming event next Sunday, we'll have our Christmas service. Um, so we're just going to continue in that celebration of Jesus' birth, celebrating it. Celebrate him today. And he really wants us to celebrate him. I know, that's what he wants. And I think, you know, we need to. So, anyway. So, that'll be next Sunday. We'll be having our Christmas service. And then a memorial service for Bud Sorheim will be on Saturday, December 19, at 2 o'clock here at the church house. And the School of Ministry, that's also next Wednesday night. Right now it's Zoom. We're doing the Zoom Pastor Dean, um, and the topic this week is New Testament prophets and prophecy. And if you haven't been connected yet and you'd like to be, what you need to do is get a link, and then you can be part of a Zoom uh, class in the School of Ministry. And Pastor Dean, you can call the church's number or 218-553-0634 for that. And then our youth group will be meeting six o'clock this Wednesday. Uh, if you have questions about that, contact Peter and Linnea. Their number is 368-2771. If you're out there and not here with us, if you want to contact them. For giving uh, of our tithes and offerings, <clears throat> and we haven't had the focus on a blessed life moment when we share about teaching along those lines for a bit, but I believe next Sunday the Lord gave me something to share about that. Today we're just going to share that you can give, if you're not here, you can give to by mail to Box 67, Tinstrike, Minnesota, 56683, or go online to tinstrikechurch.com. And so I should remember to put my earpiece on. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> and you didn't see that either? <laughs> I'll tell you the, the stories that sound people could tell. <laughs> I don't know if, I know we don't, well, I do appreciate them, and I try to let them know that. And you all keep doing it too, okay? Send in, the, if, like if you're watching online, do something to let them know. Um, that you're appreciating it, because, but um, then also, okay, that's for for online giving. We do have the boxes in the back for those that are, that are here for tithes and offerings, and we give as unto the Lord. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. I just heard of a research that was done just recently, where you know some scientific research. They were talking about Christmas, and they said that actually there people receive more of an ongoing blessing in their life from giving even than they do from receiving. I mean, there's more of a lasting positive thing that comes from that, and that does not surprise us, does it? Because it said it in the Word. It says that in the Word. Any truth that you hear about something, or if it... it it's going to eventually line up with the word. I mean, if it is truth. And then if you would like to hear the audio of the services, you can go to SoundCloud, um, soundcloud.com slash 10 church. Like if you're in the car or something, you want to just hear the audio. SoundCloud.com slash 10 church. And then also, we have some more food boxes Bob has picked up. There's a number of them, a couple dozen, and Bob will be in the place there um, where our handicapped parking spots are, it's on, and then just on that end of it, 
And uh, the idea is, you know, take a box for yourself, but then take two of them and take one to give to someone else. Uh, and we'll get those out to people. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Are you ready for the story? Yeah, Joyce mentioned last week, maybe she did already today, too, that I was looking for a story. I wasn't, wasn't really finding one that seemed to be the right one. And then she says, well, find, what'd you say? Got to have humor in it. It-hearted one, you know, we've had enough things, enough challenges and heaviness with things here lately. And uh, so that's what this is. It's called the Christmas Pageant uh, by Michael Linval, and it's uh, from the the series of uh, Christmas stories, Christmas in My Heart, which was edited by Joseph Wheeler. And it has. Um, Start reading the story. story. Yeah. So last night we were just getting ready to eat supper. Was ready to go on the table, and Steve says, "I need a backdrop, whatever." And he was looking online. He found one, but they wanted to charge him twenty-three dollars. Twenty-three dollars to put it up there. We said, "Forget it." And so Joy started to help us. It's like, well, something right here in the house. So we thought we had it. You can put it up now, guys. This is a picture in when we step in our front door. This we have a little room. We call it our parlor. There's one old chair that usually sits there. It used to. What did I say? Oh no, <laughs> not the video. The picture of the fireplace. Yeah, that's right. not our entry in our home. <laughs> that's Dan Moultrie. <laughs> we got Dan on there. Right? <laughs> That's a clip from what we're going to do next. But so anyway, anyway there's going to be this background thing. And we thought, okay, we did it real quick. First, Steve did it. And I would say we mainly had ceiling. I says, we can do better than that. But anyway, I thought I did it good until they put it up and you feel like you're sliding off. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're, no, you're sliding back. Anyway, but this is a picture of our little fireplace in our parlor, we call it. And it's the background drop for the Christmas reading yeah. today. So I wanted to be a little more homey than it's just off internet. So we welcome you into our parlor to listen to this Christmas story this year. Just pretend you're in our parlor and you have a cup of hot cocoa with marshmallows on it or something like that. Okay, so the Christmas pageant by Michael Linval. There's a prologue here by Joseph Wheeler. It says, for 46 years, the church pageant ran like clockwork. Everything tied to a script that left no room for error. Each was a near-perfect production. But finally came a Christmas where the unexpected occurred. The results could have been foreseen. Well, some of them. And as we read this, this is written from a pastor's perspective. The Christmas pageant is over. It was in the end wonderful. And now that it's passed, my blood pressure and, in fact, the church's communal blood pressure have dropped about 20 points. We got through it again without schism and with no divorces. None of the kids got grounded this year, but it was close. The whole saga of the Christmas pageant really began precisely 47 Christmases ago, when Alvina Johnson first directed our children's Christmas pageant something that she continued to do through 10 pastors, nine U.S. presidents, three wars, and who knows how many Christian education committees for the next 46 years, but not this year, and that's the story. 
International alliances came and went. Wars were fought and peace made. Ministers were called and then called away. But Elvina Johnson directing the children's Christmas pageant was like a great rock in a turbulent sea. Elvina is Mrs. Johnson, although there is no Mr. Johnson. There was a Mr. Johnson for only three and a half weeks, 49 years ago. A few days shy of their month's wedding anniversary, Mr. Johnson, nobody remembers his first name, left. Although Elvina never puts it that way. She prefers to say, he just ran off to Minneapolis with the accent on Minneapolis, as if it were that notorious place and Mr. Johnson's moral, feeble nature that lured him away from his wife and home rather than anything having to do with Elvina. Nobody here ever talks about why he left. They all know. Just as they know why rain falls down and grass grows up. One might call Elvina stubborn, but that word isn't quite enough. Elvina is intractable, unchangeable, unmovable. This, everybody assumes, Mr. Johnson easily discovered in the space of three and a half weeks. When folks around here get put out with Elvina, who is disguised as a sweet 70-year-old lady, they refer to her, under their breath, of course, as the Iron Butterfly. But Alvina does what she says, always, exactly, and forever. 47 years ago, somebody asked her to do the Christmas pageant. She said yes. They didn't say, would you do the Christmas pageant this year? So, Alvina, who is a literalist in all things, assumed they meant forever, and she is a woman of her word. Always had precisely nine characters. One Mary, one Joseph, three wise men, two shepherds, one angel, and one narrator. The script was simply the Christmas story out of the King James Bible, which meant that two six-year-old shepherds had to learn to say, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Auditions for the nine parts were held the last Sunday afternoon in October for 46 years. Rehearsals for the nine lucky winners were held for the next five Sunday afternoons. Elvina's goal was nothing less than perfection in Christmas pageantry. Perfect lines, perfect pacing, blocking, enunciation, perfect everything, which is not easily achieved with little children, even nine carefully selected ones. Critics said, that Elvina would have much preferred working with nine midget actors if she could have gotten away with it. Not just one not just one, not just one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Since we got this little glitch in here, or this little stopping, why don't you tell about the midget actors that you got the next And I wait till I get to that. Part. I'm sorry. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, just forget about all those this last minute or so, and we'll continue the story. Why don't you do the last line, and then I'll start my... <laughs> okay. Critics said that Alvina would have much preferred working with nine midget actors if she could have gotten away with it. 
Time and again, people tried to get Alvina to open things up so that every kid who wanted to have a part could have one. Alvina, they would say, scripture says there was a heavenly host, not just one lonely angel. And Alvina, why not a few more shepherds? Then everybody could be in the pageant. Or Alvina, if there were shepherds, then there had to be sheep, right? We'll make some cute little woolly sheep outfits for three and four-year-olds. Nope, she answers. Too many youngsters, too many problems. Early in the fall, however, something happened that deflected the inertia of nearly half a century of always doing it the way it had always been done. The Christian Education Committee included the three young mothers of last year's rejected Mary, Joseph, and wise man number two. And these young mothers pulled off what they call in Central America a coup d'etat. At their September meeting, they passed the following motion. Resolved, all children who wish to be in the Christmas pageant may do so. Parts will be found. Alvina heard a... Alvina heard about it that night and was in my office the next morning at 9 o'clock sharp. She began by asking me if I thought the decorations on the tree in the church parlor were appropriate. I had not noticed them, I said. Well, she informed me, they were walnut shells decorated to look like little mice with tiny stocking caps on their heads. What? She asked, do mice have to do with the birth of our Lord? Now, I knew this wasn't the problem. I, too, had heard about the committee meeting the night before. What's the matter, Alvina? I asked. Young mothers, she said. She spat these two words out as though young mothers were an illicit occupation. Young mothers, she continued, who have no knowledge or experience in the proper direction of a Christmas pageant. Young mothers are behind those walnut shell mice, and they are behind the destruction of the Christmas pageant. She then resigned as director and said, if these young mothers know so much, let them try to do it. She was angry maybe even angry enough to quit the church, but she didn't. I suspect that she wanted to hang around at least long enough to see the young mothers fall flat on their faces. The pageant was last week. The young mothers didn't fall flat on their faces, but the pageant was, well, different. Very different from what everybody had come to expect over the last 46 years. It seemed as though there were a cast of thousands, (laughs) even though the actual number was less than 50, which was every kid in the church up to the eighth grade. At this age, they would sooner die than get dressed up in their father's bathrobe and pretend to be a Bible character. There must have been a dozen shepherds and ten angels, a veritable heavenly host. Then there were the sheep, a couple dozen three-, four-, and five-year-olds who had on woolly, fake sheepskin vests with woolly hoods and their dad's black socks pulled up on their arms and legs. The pageant was a lot of things, but smooth it wasn't. And one of the chief problems was these very sheep. Now, in suburban Christmas pageants, I imagine sheep are well-behaved and fairly quiet. But suburban kids have seldom seen real sheep. The only sheep most suburban kids have ever seen are on the front of Sunday church bulletin covers. Peaceful, grazing sheep who just stand there and look cute and cuddly. Half of the kids here live on farms. 
they've seen real sheep, many of them. And they know that sheep don't just stand around. They know that sheep don't often follow directions. And they know that sheep are dumb. And they know that all sheep want to do is eat or find something to eat. So when the young mothers casually instructed the two dozen sheep to act like sheep, they really should have known better. Some of the sheep started to do a remarkable imitation of grazing behind the communion table. Some wandered over by the choir to graze, and others went down the center aisle. Some of them had donuts they found in the church parlor to make their grazing look even more realistic. When one of the shepherds tried to herd them a bit with his shepherd's crook, some of the sheep spooked and started to scatter just like real sheep do. Everybody knows that's how sheep act. It was, in fact, a remarkable imitation of sheep behavior, even though a bit out of the ordinary for a Christmas pageant. Now, Elvina was watching all this from the last pew in the sanctuary. I could just see her from where I was sitting. As the sheep spooked and scattered with much imitation bleeding, Elvina looked down to hide a smirk. Young mothers, I'm sure she was thinking this. If they know so much, let's see them try to direct a Christmas pageant. The real climax of imprecision came, however, at the point of high drama when Mary and Joseph enter. Mary clutching a baby doll in a blue blanket. This year's Mary, whose name was actually Mary, was taking her role with an intense and pious seriousness. She looked into the face of the doll in her arms with eyes that really seemed to see the infant Christ. Joseph was another story, though. He had gotten the part because he had been rejected from Christmas pageant participation by Elvina Johnson more times than any other kid in church. With good reason, some may say. Anyway, Mary and Joseph were to walk on as the narrator read, and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. At least this is what the narrator had read at the rehearsal. But a few hours before the performance, one of the young mothers had observed that none of the children could much understand King James' English, so they voted in their ongoing mood of revolutionary fervor to switch to the Good News translation of the Bible for the performance. What kid knows what great with child means anyway, they asked. The Good News translation is much more direct at this point. So as Mary and Joseph entered, the narrator read, Joseph went to register with Mary, who was promised in marriage to him. She was pregnant. As that last word echoed from the narrator through the PA system into the full church, our little Joseph, hearing it, frozen in his tracks, gave Mary an incredulous look, peered out at the congregation, and said, Pregnant? What do you mean, pregnant? This, of course, brought down the house. And my wife, wiping tears from her eyes, leaned over to me and said, You know, honey, that may well be just what Joseph actually said. <laughs> Alvina was now wearing a look that simply broadcast, I told you so. But as the pageant wound into its closing moments and the church lights were dimmed for the singing of Silent Night, a couple of magical, I would allow 
miraculous things happened. The sheep, when they had finished their part, bleated their way down the aisle to sit in the last couple of pews to watch the end of the pageant. Elvino was in the last pew, and she suddenly found herself surrounded by a little herd of three, four, and five-year-olds in sheep outfits. It was late. The church was warm and the sheep were drowsy. I glanced over to Elvina as the wise men were exiting. The piano began softly playing the melody of Silent Night, and we could see what had been happening outside for the last hour. The first real snow of the winter was falling. Big, fat flakes floated down and covered everything with a white uniform perfection. As we, little kids and grown-ups, saw it, there was a spontaneous and corporate, ah. We sang silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. It was very softly that we sang, and all the sheep were quiet. Even the ones who were awake. And everybody looked at the snow. It was as if flakes of grace were falling. Falling free out of heaven and blessing the muddy earth with purity. A whiteness covering the dirt and shoddiness with perfection. When the carol was finished, no one stirred for a long time. It wasn't planned, but we all just sat there and watched. It seemed like an eternity, but it was maybe two minutes. Minnie McDowell broke the spell. She's hard of hearing and always talks too loud. She meant to whisper to her husband, but everybody heard. Perfect, she said. Just perfect. And so it was. Not perfect in the way Alvina's pageants tried to make things perfect, but perfect in the way that God and only God can make things perfect. God accepts our fumbling attempts at performance and everything in life. Our fumbling attempts at love, fairness, and then he covers them with his grace. The moment even touched the iron butterfly. A young mother said that Alvina mentioned to her that if they needed any more sheep outfits for next year, she could perhaps find time to make some. The end. <laughs> Did you want to say something before I do? Nope. <laughs> nope, okay. Just, it just hitting me a few things here. You know, the whole thing was about how the Lord does things and how he brings things. And we've been talking about that, how 
when we just walk in the light and walk in his path, he'll make the right things happen at the right time and so forth. And like this, that was Silent Night that was playing, wasn't it, when we did that? Um, we, there was one CD we didn't have, and so we gave Doug, Doug, you did an amazing job to get that song to come up just at that perfect time. <laughs> you know, which I know Doug didn't plan either, but the Lord, see, that's the thing. That song here today was just at the right place at the right time, and it really ministered to me. I did, when we did this last time, I don't know how many years ago, I had like five different CDs and I picked out different songs at different points, but I couldn't find one of the CDs for this year, so I decided to just simplify it. And I was listening to different CDs this morning and I was like, God, which one should we do? So I picked one, I gave it to Doug, I just told him to play it. And that's what was so touching is that at exactly the right time, Silent Night was playing, and both of us were just like, what? <laughs> it was, that was a God thing, totally. So that's why we were, he, he was crying. Why don't you tell the... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I tell you, these strong, these strong women are on me. I never cry. I, I cry. <laughs> okay. But anyway, why don't you tell about the midget, the thing you, the, that part. As we were practicing this, Sarah had a revelation about, or do you want to do that just before we go into that story? Yeah. Okay, let me share a scripture before we do that. This is... Uh, Really, the theme of this story, at least a theme you could see in there, among other things, like, um, was is forgiveness. And during these days of, it seems like, amplified stress for a number of reasons that we're sensing and experiencing, forgiveness, wherever we are, you know, and whatever relationships are important. And... Um, so there's a scripture here in Ephesians 4, and I'll just read this. It says, let no corrupt, this is verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. In other words, a word that leads toward death. But what is good for necessary edification, or my side margin there says, for building up people, that it may impart grace to the hearers. In other words, blessing instead of cursing. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, that means loud quarreling and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And that's, we're going to introduce this next part, and this is that clip from 19 years ago, in 2001. And the th a theme that we're going to be seeing in this also is forgiveness. I'll let you. So we um, performed this play back in 2001, um, it's called The Faith of a Child, and this is probably my favorite play that I've ever written and directed. Um, I think of our practices, so much laughter, and during the performances, too. Yes, there's Angie laughing. Um, so, what was the line about midget? Oh, well, that's what Alvina... Yeah. Would have liked right here. So as a director, I can kind of relate to Elvina in some ways. I, it is much more interesting working with children. I love children, but there's... Yep, it, it's interesting. So, but when I saw the line, you know, 
preferred working with nine midget actors, I realized I kind of, I mean, I didn't have midget actors, but for this play, The Faith of a Child, I wrote it so that I had adult actors playing children. They, I didn't have to deal with the children. <laughs> so I kind of went, yeah, that was one way to not have the children to deal with, but... Again, I love children. I love children. You're wonderful. Um, okay, so the adults played the parts of kids. Um, for instance, okay, Dan and Angie Modry are here today. Yay! They um, were in this play. Dan Modry played Johnny, a four-year-old. So you will see Dan Modry acting like a four-year-old. He has his blue blankie that he goes everywhere with. He loves his blue blankie. Sally was played by Angie Modry. So Dan and Angie were actually brother and sister in this play. And Angie played a seven-year-old. Um, I know some of you remember Al Reish. He played a two-year-old. <laughs> and I mean, he was such a good sport about it. Um, Georgie was not potty trained yet, so I, I don't think there's anyone that could pay, play a better two-year-old, two and that is a compliment, Al. You, you rocked it, you were amazing. Um, and then Susie um, was played by Lori Von Holt. She was the 10-year-old cousin of Johnny and Sally, and she, kind, she was more mature and kind of helped out a lot. Um, Tommy was played by Marty Templeton, a very good friend of the Modrys. He played a seven-year-old who was naughty quite often, just naughty. And then Lizzie was played by Cheryl Shabbat, Lizzie was a year older than Tommy, and you have to keep your eyes open for her expressions when her brother does something naughty. They're, oh, I laugh so hard when I see her making those expressions. And last but not least, we have Annie and Stevie, played by my mom and dad. Mom um, played a seven-year-old, and Stevie was five years old. Very shy five-year-old. Very shy five-year-old. Um, and then we have the mom who is played by Julie Bush. And the audience, um, you, the audience can hear the mom, but you cannot see her. So it's kind of like a Charlie Brown thing, but you can actually understand what she's saying. The setting is the late 1950s. And I just want to explain some of this because we're jumping right into the middle of the play and I want you to know some background here. So um, we didn't have the best recording equipment back then, so, but I still think you'll enjoy watching it. So the video clip will start with Johnny and Georgie in the living room, and this is the day before a Christmas party that they're gonna have, and actually, they call it Jesus' birthday party. Johnny is supposed to be picking up his toys, but between Georgie and getting easily distracted, it's not going so well. And then you will see the day of the party. Um, the different kids will arrive and They'll be doing fun stuff with the party, and I want you to watch carefully, carefully for how Stevie forgives Tommy at the end. Hey, Sally, look! I'm playing catch with God. I throw it up, and he throws it back. <laughs> well, Mom isn't gonna let you play with until you get this mess up. Johnny, it looks messier than it did before. But I... No buts, Johnny. Oh, 
you let Georgie do? Oh, Black! No! They'll start to arrive any minute. Now I want you all to be on your very best behavior. Come on, let's wrap some more. Okay. Johnny, do your shoes look the same? Well, they both got clean. <laughs> yes, they do, but is something different? Oh, that's too bad. What's bad? Well, you stopped trying. Yeah, I got so many shoes. But Mommy would be so proud of you if you had the right ones on. Why don't you try one more time, and then I'll come help you, okay? Okay. Johnny! That wasn't very nice. They're here! They're here! Saved by the bell. I'll get it! Sally, I'm going to ask Susie to answer the door, okay? I need you to get Georgie in his room for his NAP. Come on, Johnny. Let's find your shoes. Okay, but let's go fast. I don't want to miss the party. He's getting his shoes on. Oh. Oh. Well, tell me, when did you get here? Well, our grandma's in the hospital, so I've been staying here a couple of days while my mom is with her. Oh, that's too bad. Look at the room. Wow, look at this. Is it pretty? Oh, We're going to have a party. Oh. Jesus. Hey, Tommy! Jesus. All right. Oh, my God, it's a surprise. Really? Where is it? Hey, wow! Glad you can make it to our party. You mean Jesus' party, Mommy? That's right, Johnny. It's Jesus' party. See the sign that Johnny helped me to make? Oh, wow, Johnny. It's so neat. Johnny, what do you say to Lizzie? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Kids. <laughs> kids, could you all sit down for a minute? And Sally, could you put Tommy and Lizzie's coats in your bedroom? Thank you. We are going to have so much fun today. 
but I just want to make sure that you include Annie and Stevie. They, well, they should be here pretty soon. Their family just moved here about a week ago, and now they live three houses away from us. I talked to their parents, and especially little Stevie is very shy. Moving was hard for them. They had to leave all their friends. We can help Annie make friends at school. That would be great, Sally. I believe she's going to start next week. Yeah. Can we play now? Yes, Tommy, but you'll remember what I said about Tom Annie and Stevie. Oh, yeah. Come on, Johnny, let's go play in your room. Okay, come on. <laughs> wow. I never want to move. Oh, me neither. <sighs> I had to move once, but it was only a couple blocks away, and I was too little to remember it anyway. Oh, I can't believe it. I've got two whole <laughs> girls to play with, and you can help one more. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I tell you? I got a new puppy. No. Already? Yes, I told them you would take them home later, though. Oh, good. And this must be Annie. You can call me Mrs. Andrews. How do you do, Mrs. Andrews? Very well, thank you. My, what well-mannered children. Hi, Stevie. This is Sally, Tommy, and Johnny. Sally? I know. Bring their coats to the bedroom. Yes, and then I think it's time for a game. Oh, oh Hurry. Dear, Georgie's having problems with his nap today. Kids, can you set up five chairs in a circle for me? I'll be right back. Okay, okay. Something was this one. Here, how's that? Here's Sally. Over here. Okay. Come on. All right. 
made that chair for Stevie. Oh, here, Annie. I'll tie your bow for you. called musical chairs.
Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. chairs going not good oh did anyone win yet we didn't get that far well I was going to give whoever won the first cookie but since Stevie was such a good helper I'm gonna let him decide who would you like to have the first cookie Stevie chairs for a while. Susie, can you help me get the last of the cookies packaged up for the orphanage? Sure, Aunt Lydia. Girls, maybe you can put the chairs back. Just so they could see you and the folks watching too. Julie, why don't you come? Who else was it? Yeah, Joyce, you were there. <laughs> this is 19 years later. Uh, it'd be fun to do that again sometime. <laughs> Act do you remember at that point when you said go ahead for him to take a cookie? We never made it through that scene, any practice, because Marty thought, Tommy, thought you were saying goat head. And so every time we're all laughing like, is he going to make it? You can do this. You can do this. And that's why he sat there trying to really suck it up and not laugh when you handed the cookie. He finally made it that night, but all the other times he thought you were saying goat head. <laughs> and you were saying, go ahead. <laughs> I was wondering. I didn't know that. No. no I didn't 19 that. years later, I find out. <laughs> goat head. You're laughing no. so hard back there on that part. Goat head. Oh. I think he thought you said it during practice one time. 
And so then every time you'd come to the line, he couldn't make it through. And everybody was, if you noticed, we were all started busting yeah. up. Yeah. It was a hard play to compose yourself as, a, as an actor to be in character <laughs> because it was so funny. You probably, I, I even noticed stuff I didn't notice before just watching this, like, oh boy, I, was, I started kind of laughing there when, when Georgie was walking away waddling, you know, yeah. I've just, yes. I've tried to pull yeah, it in, you know. know. So yeah. it, it was hilarious, yeah. it was a great play. And, and the part where the ribbon unraveled, Yes. And you ran to Joyce at one of the practices. That's when they both tumbled off the stage. <laughs> we did. And then they, they showed it in church the next day, like kind of like a blooper, but a bad thing what happened. And they're all saying, watch Dan Modry to the left of the screen. And my husband's going, yes, yes, we're going to win $100,000 and pay off the church, yes. <laughs> And everybody else is like, are they okay? <laughs> we, we actually sent that into Funniest Home Videos because it was the um, dress rehearsal that we had recorded and then that happened. And these two guys fell off the stage. And they're like, Angie's, well, you better, you know, are they okay? We should check to see if they can. And I'm busting up laughing. And I'm not even thinking they might get hurt. I mean, they, they went down like three steps. <laughs> But they were fine, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, just to, just to finish up the story, we did send it into home video, Funniest Home Videos. They sent us a um, deal saying we had to get signatures from everybody to sign off on it. And then anyway, they, we sent it back in and they had just went off the air. And so they, weren't, they, weren't, oh. they, didn't, they didn't publish it anymore. But anyway, we tried, so it was kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, and we're, we're seeing, and we're not sure yet with the tech stuff, but it's possible that we're going to show the whole play uh, on one of our Wednesday touch points. We're, we're still working on that and seeing if we can do it, but it would probably be not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday. But then, of course, if you can't see it live, which many can't, you can see it archived. So, so it is, yeah. It, it's, it's fun, it does bring a levity that I believe we need in this day, yeah. And, and for Dan and I, being in that play, we had no idea that by the time the play was over, we were moving to Rochester, Minnesota. And we That's needed right. that faith like a child to continue to go. So that was, that was a huge thing for us back then. It was very faith building. Yeah. And we still say lines from the play once in a while at home and different stuff. It's funny, we'll catch ourselves doing some lines from the play. So it stuck with us, still sticks with us. So Sarah said that she would write a part in the play that I did not have to memorize a lot because that's not my thing. You guys did amazingly well. I mean, you never made mistakes or anything. I don't remember any. You made some, or just, the thing is, you covered them up, I guess, but... Well, Tommy, Tommy and I actually recorded, we, we spoke into a tape recorder 19 years ago, and then we'd rehearse together, you know, at each other's house, and then we'd play the tape over and over, and even when I'd go to bed, I'd play the tape of all my lines so oh, I could get them out. Did. did you? That's how I rem rem remembered wow. my lines, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, we would read them a lot, so. Yeah. He was always in all the plays in high school, not me. And so it was nice to be married to him and be in the play with him because I'm like, what do you think about how I'm saying that? How should I be? What should I be? And so it was a great help having yeah. So anyway, we're looking to have that, that you can see it if you would like to anyway, the, the whole play. Hmm. And uh, I tell you what, as we get ready to close, let's have the worship team come up. We're going to do that one. There are a couple of really neat Christmas songs there that I hadn't heard. Thanks, Dan and Angie. Um, we'll have the worship team come in up, and you can stand up. And Was there something else, Sarah, that you had? Okay. You can pray about it. Sarah's thinking, praying about having a Christmas play next year. She's working on writing it now, right? Yeah, okay, Joy and Elsie are helping you to write it. What's the name of that one? Can we say it? You don't know the name yet? Okay. All right, let's stand up together and we'll sing one more Christmas song here before we go.
Go ahead and get your jingle bells back out again. All the kids and adults. <laughs> if I can figure out how to put this back in my ear. <laughs> it's rocket science. There we go. Okay, anybody that wants some jingle bells, go ahead and get some from Kathy there. Maybe everybody could have some. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Okay, we're going to end on an upbeat, fun note this morning. Born is the king. We're going to sing that song again. You guys ready? Yeah. If you're ready, ring your bells. Ring your bells, John. Come on, ring the bells. <laughs> this building is born again. If you're not, please come and see us up here afterwards because the Holy Spirit is saying today is the day of salvation, but there may be some watching right now that aren't. And Noel, Noel, God is with us. He has been born, Jesus, and he can be born in your life and born in your life today, that you will be born again. Born again into God's kingdom, into God's family, into his life, and his eternal life, that Zoe God kind of life. And so just come to him now and just say, Lord, I call upon your name. Yes, I need that grace. I know I can't be good enough on my own, but I know that through you, I can receive forgiveness and just call upon him, ask for that forgiveness, and he will. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, this baby that we celebrate born, as being born, he grew up to be a man who died for you and for me. He gave his life for you. This was God. Come to earth to be with us whom we celebrate his birth now at this season of the year. Receive him right now in Jesus' name. Welcome to the family. Find somebody, get in contact with us or find someone that can help you um, to grow in Christ. Because you need to grow. Get a Bible if you don't have a Bible. We'll get you one if you don't have one. Praise God. God bless you all. Have a great Christmas week, everybody. Amen.